And so the playoffs begin. The Bulls in their inaugural season. The Chicago Bulls, the team that surprised everyone by finishing fourth in the West. The Beatles kicking off their last tour. Singing a very nice song called Yesterday. Eisenhower accepting the nomination for President of the United States. I accept your summons. The International Amphitheater on the south side of Chicago has seen plenty of history over the course of the 50s and the 60s. In the mid-1970s, another moment of history. Elijah Muhammad taught us unity. The world knows he was the greatest teacher of unity that we've ever seen. It was February 26th. 1975, Savior's Day, the Nation of Islam's annual celebration of its founder, W.D. Farb Muhammad. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Nation of Islam's leader for 40 years, had just died the day before. Thousands were listening around the country, from coast to coast via radio and closed-circuit television. 25,000 were there in person. Muhammad Ali stood at the podium, he was there not as a boxer, but as a respected leader among the ranks to help ensure a peaceful transition. There were many other groups that were going after the followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So those who were the most noticeable with the greatest fame, such as Muhammad Ali, were a great help to our unity because he himself had a great following within the body of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. In my closing, my closing and last words, I also make my pledge here today, and that pledge is that I will be faithful and loyal and honorable to the Honorable Wallace Muhammad. If Ali, who has sacrificed so much in his allegiance to the nation, could accept this new leader, the other believers could too. And I'm sure that everyone here today who feels the same will be happy to stand up right now and let the world know that you can Ali rushed to Supreme Minister Wallace and shook his hands vigorously. They embraced each other in a hug. This was the beginning of a remarkable transition where Ali and many others would embrace Orthodox Islam and a new understanding of God. It would come to be known as the Second Resurrection. From PRX, AAM, and the Muhammad Ali Center, I'm Preacher Moss, and this is The Universal Title, a podcast on Muhammad Ali and his spiritual journey from his Baptist roots in Louisville to becoming the best known Muslim on the world stage. This is the story of how Muhammad Ali won the universal title. My name is Hana Ali, and I am the third youngest of Muhammad Ali's children. When Elijah Muhammad passed away, Wallace D. Muhammad came out and said, this is the true Islam. My father publicly then, you know, came out with that as well. Ali's decision to stand by the new leader marked his transition to what he identified repeatedly as true Islam. It also marked a departure from the separatist heterodox beliefs that defined the nation and Ali's stance earlier. Say 
To become an Orthodox Muslim, a new believer must say the Shahada, the Declaration of Faith. When Malcolm X left the nation over 10 years earlier, he had taken his Shahada. He explained the importance of it back then during an interview broadcast on a Dartmouth College radio station. And I was confronted with having to make a choice between what he taught and what I saw. He made clear how it differed from what Elijah Muhammad taught in the Nation of Islam. And Elijah Muhammad uh, teaches his followers that God came in the flesh and taught him what he now knows and that which he now calls Islam, and by so doing, made him uh, the messenger of God or the messenger of Allah, so to speak. Uh, whereas in the Muslim world, uh, Muslims are taught, La ilaha illallah Muhammadan Rasulullah. There's no God but Allah, and Muhammad is the apostle of Allah or messenger of Allah. So that anyone who comes along and says that God in the flesh came and taught him and made him uh, his messenger absolutely is diametrically opposed to the orthodox teachings of the religion of Islam. Ali's daughter, Maryam, was only seven in 1975 when Elijah Muhammad died. But she still remembers some of the changes that happened after Savior's Day that year. I just remember as a little girl when that happened, when Elijah Muhammad passed, when Imam Muhammad, Elijah's son, began to teach us some of those basics. I remember my family being very interested in that and ready for that transition. Since he was a child, Wallace had been taught by his family that he had been chosen before he was born to one day lead the community. But despite that promise, Wallace's own father, Elijah Muhammad, excommunicated him from the nation three times, once for confiding in Malcolm information about his father's extramarital affairs, and two more times for rejecting his father's teaching about the nation's founder, Fard Muhammad. My father had insisted that I accept God the way uh, he presented God, or I was going to be cut off from all communication. He told me he knew it hurt me to know that I wouldn't be able to see my mother. He said, you won't be able to talk to your mother or see her. He was excommunicated because he didn't accept Farad Muhammad as the prophet of God, which in Islam, we found out later, that that's considered shirk, worshiping another god outside of God. When Elijah died, the leadership of the nation elevated Wallace to be his successor. I was living in Chicago, which was my home at that time. Imam Nasser Ahmed was also present for Savior's Day, 1975. In the leadership of Elijah Muhammad, we were told to take the Quran and put it on the highest shelf in your house, and that one would come behind him. Don't worry about teaching your children Arabic the one behind you would do that. The one behind was Wallace Muhammad. Imam Nasser saw Minister Wallace pick up the mantle himself. And so when Imam Muhammad came into the leadership, he told us to take the Quran down off of the shelf. Minister Wallace held the Quran up high and said, we say we are Muslims. What my father taught that is in this book, we will keep. 
what is not in this book, we have to give up. But the more important idea of change here is the reading of the Quran. This is Imam Mansur Sabri. He is a child of former members of the Nation of Islam who transitioned to mainstream Islam. That's when the Quran comes off the shelf and it becomes a thing that you take with you everywhere you go, something that you read daily. As always, Muhammad Ali was excited to learn. Here's his daughter, Miriam. You know, my family kind of taught us a lot of the core principles of Islam, even when we were in the nation. Um, and, and exploring the Quran and actually getting to open it and read it and study it and know that is the word of God. My father was very excited about learning and delving into the Quran in that way. And all strength and all power and everything comes from Allah. We have in our prayer, my sacrifices, my prayers, my life, and my death all for Allah. In 1974, Ali explained the importance of prayer to James Day on his public television show, Day at Night. During that time, the focus of the Nation of Islam was on changing the social conditions for many of the black folks who joined the nation. Muhammad Ali, like other members, was forbidden to smoke, drink, use drugs, or fornicate. If he did any of these things, he'd have to repent. And like the others, he had to commit himself to the study of his religion and helping build his community. All things compatible with traditional Islam, including prayer. And all strength, just the remembrance of Allah is great. Just praying, if we can, five times a day, at least in the mornings, and when I wake up, when I go to bed, and in a taxi cab or just every moment or after before a meal uh, helps you. But not everything would stay the same. Savior's Day 1975 marked the genesis of the single largest conversion of Americans to traditional Islam in this country's history. And with the conversion came new knowledge and new training. The changes of the second resurrection came fast. The community previously called the Nation of Islam was renamed the World Community of Al-Islam in the West. Temples became mosques, chairs were removed, and believers sat on the floor like in traditional Islamic prayer spaces. Ministers became imams. Minister Wallace became Imam Warthin Muhammad. Warthin meaning inheritor of the faith. Imam Muhammad also implemented the five basic pillars of Islam. The Shahada, the statement of belief, was one. Paying zakat charity was another. And the other three? The five daily prayers, the fasting during the month of Ramadan, the pilgrimage to Mecca, and this concept within al-Islam around accountability and the day of judgment and how we are accountable in this life and in the next for our deeds and actions. And with all these changes came a new perspective on race. Growing up in Louisville, Ali had seen God as white. Then in the nation, he saw God as black and the white man as the devil. And now in the world community of Al-Islam in the West, he was taught that God was no man at all with no color. Mariam Ali again. That is something that was already within him as a child and what he desired in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, in Islam, it's called fitra, 
you know, your fifth law, that that's the truth that's within your heart, within your, in your spirit. And once you see that truth or hear that truth, what God already put in you is going to be connected to that. If we study the qualities of the heart, we will find that the heart quality is a loving quality. It becomes the loving manner, the manner of God himself. And all such attributes as greatness, tolerance, gentleness, mercy, compassion spring from the heart. In the beginning, Imam Muhammad used a lot of symbolic language as a bridge to traditional Islam. He talked about God as a divine mind. To get his community to move away from thinking of God in a material or racialized body. Here's Imam Nasser. We didn't know the pure teachings of Islam, but we were excited with this new language. And it helped us to move from black consciousness with respect to God towards the universal concept of God. And eventually he he was able to tell us that Allah was bigger than a mind. But we needed that as a stepping stone. And many of us began to study the Arabic and reading the Arabic for ourselves. Then that helped us further to understand that what we were given was kindergarten mentality. And it was just a social movement. It was not a religious movement at all. Surely I've turned myself to you, O Allah who originated the heavens and the earth. This is Imam Muhammad himself quoting the Quran on Savior's Day. I am not of those who associate God with God. Surely my prayers and my sacrifices, my life and my death is all for Allah the Lord, the keeper, the sustainer of all worlds. A year later, Ali and Imam W.D. Muhammad were traveling together. Ali now called Imam Muhammad his spiritual teacher and leader. In 1976, Ali traveled to Istanbul, visited the Blue Mosque. This is Jonathan Aig, an Ali biographer. Ali and Imam Muhammad had just finished praying the Friday prayers inside the Blue Mosque. They were met by thousands at a press conference outside. Ali announced to the press and to the world that he was done with boxing, that Wallace Muhammad had advised him to give up boxing and to devote himself to his religion. Elijah Muhammad had asked him to do the same many years earlier. Ali had become a much greater student of Islam by the late 70s. He was really studying the Quran in ways that he never had before. He said this was much more important than boxing, that he had seen the future. He knew what he wanted to do with the rest of his life, um, and he didn't intend to box anymore, that it was, it was frivolous. Though Ali didn't stick to the retirement plan, he did continue a very public life presenting Islam to America and around the world. He helped fund the growth of Islamic institutions around the country and he preached to his own community too. He would come and he would do talks. And when he would come, he would fill the place up naturally. You can imagine that, right? <laughs> and he would address our people and he would tell them that in ignoring their mental needs while trying to develop the physical body only would be problems for our people. And for that reason, 
we have to have schools to train our minds. So he was a great supporter of our school. He purchased air conditioning units. He purchased buses for the school. You know, the word Muslim means one who submits entirely to the will of God. So I, I don't know, I cannot be the judge on how much I submit entirely to the will of God. God himself can only judge us. So I can't say how good I am and no true Muslim will brag or even will even take a chance on saying he's good or he's halfway good or not. It's up to Allah, God, to be the judge, see? So I'm not going to say one thing about uh, how good I am because I don't know. We never get good enough. I'm always striving to be right. Ali might have changed his mind many times about giving up boxing and becoming a Muslim evangelist. But one thing he stayed consistent on was paying respect to the nation of Islam, even as he and many of his community had moved on from his past beliefs. Here he is speaking to Fred Graham on Face the Nation in 1976. Uh, the question of the Muhammad, uh, the Islamic religion and your future in that, the impression one gets is perhaps uh, it is loosening up a bit after the death of Elijah Muhammad. Uh, do you think it's changing now? and that your role in it can change? Well, what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught was good for the time. Now that we're no longer being lynched, raped, castrated, we're given equal justice, we can go anywhere to live, even the North fights the South to have, so we can have certain rights. People are not acting in this way today. So Amber Wallace D. Muhammad is on time. He's teaching us it's not the color of the physical body that makes a man a devil. God don't look at our colors. Minds, hearts have no color. Some blacks can do evil and white. So it's not the color. Now we look at the action. In a 1980 ABC News interview with Ted Koppel, Ali talked about the role of Imam Muhammad in his next steps after boxing. His speech was different. Early signs of Parkinson's disease were revealed in his cadence. And well, I have to leave boxing behind one day. I'm not at the age where I have to quit yet, but I know I have to go one day, and I will go and do other things, many more things I'm going to do. But my main goal is to be an Islamic evangelist. That's all I want to do is spread the Islamic faith throughout the world. And Ali made it clear that his allegiance remained with the lineage of the nation and its current leader, Imam Muhammad. It's up to Wallace D. Muhammad, the leader of the Muslim, the successor to Honorable Elijah Muhammad. It's up to him. Whatever he says, what I'll do. It was important to Ali to make his loyalties known. Not everyone followed Imam Muhammad in the transition. My beloved brothers and sisters, the next speaker I will bring before you, the National Representative of the Nation of Islam, Brother Minister Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan had initially pledged his allegiance to Imam Muhammad's leadership on Savior's Day, 1975. But... Minister Farrakhan did not stay under Imam Muhammad's leadership too long after that. By 1978, he'd completely splintered from that lineage. He started to build a new nation of Islam that would revert to the teachings of Elijah Muhammad and the original structure of the nation of Islam. He had a much smaller following, but over time, he generated a lot of controversy because of his virulent anti-Semitism. Farrakhan's views did not represent Imam Muhammad, 
his community, or Muhammad Ali. Although Ali had made some insensitive remarks about Jews and about Zionism in the past, Ali also expressed positive attitudes towards the Jewish community. Here he is in 1976 speaking to Dutch media. Jewish people have so many black people in America. Jewish people, most of black entertainers, and, and the people who support my fights are Jewish people. So the worst thing I could do is to not help somebody because they're Jewish or because they're white or whatever. Ali was being asked about a private donation he made to a Jewish community center. His answer reflects his increasingly universal mindset. Jewish, Muslim, Catholic, Hindu, regardless of what they believe, it's all leading to God. It's all leading to help your fellow man. It's all teaches peace. Imam Muhammad was the community's leader, but not in the way his father was. You know, Muhammad understood that Warthin had taken the path that was different from his father. This is Lani Ali, Muhammad Ali's wife of 30 years. Imam Muhammad decentralized the community by discouraging the notion of one charismatic leader. He encouraged members to use their own logic, based firmly in Islam, to stand on their own two feet. This allowed Ali to speak freely as a Muslim about his own understanding, whereas under Elijah Muhammad, he parroted much of what he had learned. Warthin always made it understood that you know, you, it's not really that you were following him. You were following the path of true Islam. When Imam Muhammad passed away, there was no rush for new leadership. He taught his students to see themselves as a collective with shared beliefs and ideals dedicated to building a model community in America. And being called Muslim, full stop, was labeled enough. I am Talib Sharif. I'm the president and the imam of Masjid Muhammad. It is the oldest uh, Muslim community in America's national capital city of Washington, D.C. In 1977, Imam Muhammad had founded an annual New World Patriotism Day to recognize the racial progress in America around equality. He recognized the steady changes in race relations as a new day in a new world. That term was not something that African-Americans uh, would use to be, and certainly was not used in, in the nation of Islam, to be a patriot, uh, patriotic. So he started what was called New World Patriotism Day parades. He was participating in that New World Patriotism Day that had the United States of America flag up front, something that would never have been done, uh, considered to be an impossible uh, under the nation of Islam. Uh, he's now participating in and carrying and promoting and pushing this patriotism what had Ali seen in it? According to Imam Talib, it was these words from Imam Muhammad. And he said we are to build upon our citizenship, uh, to take serious the obligation of citizenship and to build upon our citizenship rights. And he, and had, us, he had us to embrace our identity as Muslim and American. And so Ali had that feeling and he found in Islam a community rooted in America. This is Imam Zaid Shaka, one of Ali's spiritual advisors. The nation of Islam is American as apple pie. They weren't wearing turbans and robes. They were wearing suits and bow ties. He found in America a community that 
could love him back. And he wanted to share that with other people. Uh, then under the leadership of Imam Warifuddin Muhammad, it was now part of a universal brotherhood and sisterhood. And again, that was something Ali wanted to share with people. What could you do in the next 10 years that would make you a happy man? Is to be a successful evangelist, just like our boxer, like a Billy Graham, or Oral Roberts, or Rex Humbard, these big spiritual names that go to places and talk to 50,000, 60,000, and 10,000 get them accept God, doing something to help people. And this is my type of work. The Universal Title is a production of America Abroad Media in partnership with PRX and the Muhammad Ali Center. The series was written by Precious Rashida Muhammad, along with Ahmed Ali Akbar, Maggie Van Dorn, and Aaron Lobel. Our editor is Ahmed Ali Akbar, Maggie Van Dorn is the producer, and Rosalind Tordesillas is the associate producer. Engineering from Douglas Robertson, post-production sound and mix by PRX Productions, and Sandra Lopez Monsave. Cover art by Felicia Ann. The executive producers are Aaron Lobel, Farah Pandit, and Precious Rashida Muhammad. Support for this program has been provided by the Arthur Vining Davis Foundations, the Henry Luce Foundation, the El Hibri Foundation, and the Embassy of the United Arab Emirates. I'm your host, Preacher Moss. Thank you for listening. on the next episode of the Universal Title. Uh, the Holy Quran says if you got one ounce of prayer, you can't enter paradise. Ali was a womanizer. He went through that phase and he repented from that and very strongly. As-salamu alaykum. Peace be upon you. I can't tell you, I can't express in words uh, how much it meant to me getting the support of, of the champ touched me in ways that, that uh, uh, just still ripple through my life. For more information about the podcast, visit theuniversaltitle.com.